What's up, movie fans and Netflix fingers? This is the Bros Who Binge Podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you surviving in this time of crisis? Honestly, brother, each week I come in here and I give... There's a new thing that's holding me over. Right now, besides like One Piece manga and My Hero manga, manga is low-key the thing keeping me sane, but I have been... And I know this is terrible. And like, you may not know what this is. People out there listening might not know what this is, but I'm explaining it to you guys. I know this is a main show pod topic, but I haven't talked to my boy Schubert in a while, so we're going to talk about this here. Schubert, there's this thing on IG Live. I've been watching a lot of IG Lives called Demon Time, where people get on live at like 11.30 at night. From 11.30 to like 3.30 at night, they'll be on live. And on this, it's demon time. Schubert, I've seen, my girlfriend had to stop me. She was like, I know you're not watching this. She told me to cut it off. She was like, because if you see this, you're going you're gonna to be so scared. I saw someone playing Russian roulette. I saw, oh. someone, <laughs> I saw someone smoking crack rock. I saw someone making out with their sister in their bikinis. I saw someone what? shooting up heroin. Demon time, bro. Niggas are wilding in this quarantine doing crazy ass shit. When I saw that person playing Russian roulette and that gun went off, I was like, ah! I was like, oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> Demon time, bro. You got to catch it late at night. Live. I've been watching. My girlfriend's like, bro, you got to stop watching that. That stuff's not healthy. I was like, I know. I feel like lives are going to be something that's going to be really incorporated in this really in like the coronavirus time. Because I was thinking, I was talking about this on my radio show the other day that like I could totally see them doing the draft only on social media if they had to. That would be lit on IG Live. Oh, that's what, that's what I'm saying. And then you just have like people pop in and be like, "Oh, yo, I just got drafted. That's awesome." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like even if even if they did the draft on TV, like they should totally have an IG live going on where it's just just like the draft picks pop in and he's like, yeah, I'm so super, I'm super psyched to get drafted. That'd be stuff like that. ESPN don't take Schubert's idea because that would be hot. That would be so hot. Like Sports Center, I the Sports Center IG accounts just going into other people's lives and saying wild and outlandish shit. And I know that's Omar. Like today, <laughs> he was in the Joe Budden live. Joe Budden had like a porn star, and Sports Center was giving off their top porn stars. I was like, yo, what is going? Like Corona got everybody acting out of pocket. Yeah, everyone's just wilding out here. <laughs> Any content is content. Yeah, people clowning, but honestly, <laughs> like honestly, people are really, really clowning. But yeah, that's demon time. So if anybody's up at those hours every night during Corona, you could catch some crazy shit. But just like my girlfriend told me, you better not ever watch people play Russian roulette because if that bullet goes, yo, I would have shoot out of shit my pants if that would happen. I was, oh my gosh, you would have seen someone die. He did it twice too. That's the thing. I watched him do it for two rounds. Ooh, you're crazy, man. <laughs> That shit was nuts. There were no bullets in that gun, man. I hope not. I pray. He showed it before. He showed it. He spun it. Bow. Shot it. Nothing. He showed it. Spun it. Bow. Nothing. Homie survived twice. Bro, I don't even want to know. <laughs> That's crazy. That just reminds me of Tiger. That gives me Tiger King vibes. Like when, you know, <laughs> spoiler alert, but like, I can't. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, I shouldn't even be laughing at that, but yeah, no. You were right. Oh, God. Yeah, that shit would shit would have fucked me up. But yeah. we got some movie stuff to talk about. A lot of shifts, a lot of canceling, and also 
But later on the show, we got our top 10 Disney Channel cartoons or Disney cartoons. Last week, we did our top 10 Nickelodeon cartoons. You can go check that out. We Before that, we did our top 10 Cartoon Network cartoons. So our series is coming to an end. We'll have a this new series. the hardest one. Yeah, this was the hardest. But, but I mean, it was, it was we'll, we'll get to it. Also, we got a game we're playing where one of us is going to put forth an actor. The other is going to ask questions of if this actor could replace another actor in a movie. And we're going to see what the person who presented the actor thinks. So it's one of the, this, so Schubert's presenting an actor this week. His actor's Ben Stiller. And I'm going to ask him if Ben Stiller can replace some of these other actors in this movie. Because Ben Stiller's a Shuby favorite. So we're going to do that later in the it's show. A, it's got, not even that he's like a favorite. It was, I've been watching like a lot of, I, was, I saw, watched Zoolander today just for, just for a brief little bit. And I watched Dodgeball last week. And so I've kind of had him fresh on the mind and I'm like, and I was, I was wondering why, why doesn't dare well, what would Ben Stiller be doing now? Or like what other roles could you see him in or who could have played the roles that Ben Stiller played in like Zula as Zoolander or stuff like that? Could anyone else do that? That's kind of what I was thinking when I, you asked that question, you know? Okay. Well, I got other roles and you're going to see, you're going to answer if you think he can take those per that person's roles. We got yeah. serious, we got we got not serious, we got a little bit of both. So we're gonna see what you think and we'll get to that later in the show. I but hope you got, got an MCU one in there, because I was if not, we could talk about that. Oh, I, I got an MCU one in there for sure. Alright, cool. But uh whenever you're ready, brother, I'm ready to get this show on the road. Alright, man. I am ready to get this thing started. The first thing I want to talk about is Star Wars, of course. Joby Harold has been tapped to write Obi-Wan. He's the new guy after um, Haseen Amini left the project back in January. Uh, this is going to be the first time Harold wrote for a television series. He was an executive producer for John Wick Chapter 3 and is currently writing the script for Zack Snyder's film Army of the Dead. Okay, okay. Are you excited for this? I mean, it is what it is. We'll see what... <laughs> I mean, at least they're... Still doing the project. Is your girl still tapped to direct or be the so, showrunner? Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Well, good for Obi Wan. Glad it's moving on. I mean, you know, we'll see how what happens post quarantine, but I'm glad it's moving on. Speaking of Disney properties, well, Black Widow was delayed last month. We got a whole new slate for the Marvel films. Black Widow will now open on November 6, 2020. Uh, the Eternals are is pushed back to February 12th. 2021 shang chi is pushed back to may 7th 2021 dr strange is pushed back to november 5th 2021 thor love and thunder is pushed back february 8th 2022 black panther 2 is set to debut still on may 6th 2022 captain marvel has been set for july 8th 2022 soul the pixar film has not moved its opening yet of june 19th but i'm sure it's going to end up moving it just hasn't yet the studio picture of Mulan has been pushed back to June, July 24th, 2020. Uh, no word on Jungle Cruise yet, but... Uh, oh, no, Jungle Cruise is July 20th, 2021. Indiana Jones is pushed back to July 29th, 2022. Pushed back the whole year. Artemis File, which was supposed to open on May 29th, will open on Disney+. Plus. So it's skipping its theatrical release. As well as, I might as well say, the other ones outside of the Disney... Oh, well, Free Guy is moving from July 3rd, 3rd to uh, December 11th, 2020. We also got Top Gun Maverick 
is moving to December 23rd, 2020. We also see uh, Candyman push back from June 20, June 12th to September 25th, 2020. And Wonder Woman has pushed back to August. So we got a lot of pushbacks in this, Shuby. I'm interested to see how DC reacts to this Marvel pushback. Because I think if they keep them... Because Suicide Squad's done. It's only up to the Batman. And I, and I think the Batman's going to end up getting pushed. But, man, if, if DC could keep their slate like they had it next year... Oh, I wouldn't be worried about that Marvel slate. Along with those uh, other two other movies that are moved are Ghostbusters Afterlife and Morbius. Both of those are going to March next year. Um, yeah. But with the slate that we have here, it stinks that we have to move all of them back. I think the only thing that could possibly make a Disney Plus move is maybe Soul. I can see them, even though it's a big Pixar film, yeah, they spent a lot takes, of money in that. If it takes long enough, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure of pushing it is going to really help it because it, it, everything's going to end up stacking on each other once, yeah. once we get down to it. That's true. It, it's going to be interesting to see how Disney handles this. I'm interested to see how these other studios handle it. For example, like DC had a big slate next year that Marvel didn't have a lot of stuff on board. Now Marvel has a lot of stuff, but it's not stuff that people knows. This, how does DC's slate get affected? We know the Batman stopped filming. Now Black Widow's coming in November. Eternals is getting that February slot. Shang-Chi's moving to May. Doctor Strange, November. And then Thor and Love and Thunder moving to the next year. I think 2022 is going to be huge for Marvel, being that it's going to have Thor, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel all making a release in 2022. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty important year, and it's actually some names that people recognize, so those are going to be important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it stinks because we were definitely excited to get Eternals this year. Yeah, I know. Um, now we, but we wait a couple is. months. It was like November. Now we wait till February. I'm not. I'm more sad at the Black Widow stuff. Got to wait all the way to November now. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I'm just hope. I'm hoping. I'm trying to be optimistic with that. I'm not going to even let the negativity come, but it, it's possible. It is surely yeah. possible. And I mean, shoot, we got Candyman going from... But I think this helps Candyman getting more towards Halloween from June to September. Uh, it, the one that it really like hurts, honestly, is Wonder Woman. Because Wonder Woman was going to have a big summer this year going from June to August, if August is even like likely now. So we're going to see how that affects it. Uh, Top Gun... I think it's, it's going to actually help Top Gun. Not yeah, be, Top I'm, Gun got a really great date. Mm-hmm. It moves to December 23rd. That's perfect for Top Gun. I think Gun. it's going to help them, like, have all those dads home for Christmas, and, like, want, that's going to be want to be the, the, the adult male Christmas movie rather, mm-hmm. than being, rather than being congested in the summer. I think it helps that one the most. But, yeah, we're going to see how these moves make, man. It's going to be interesting. I wish – because AMC's saying it's not going to even be able to make it out of this, like – this time, so who knows how the theater landscape's gonna look after this? And I mean, there's definitely not gonna be any slack. I mean, it's probably gonna be a little bit more expensive. They're gonna ask you to really buy in. That's so my thing. I, I, These movie theaters might as well get that pay per view going, brother. Yeah, I think we could see maybe a rise of drive ins again. Just something that's like, because I, I could see where people want to like have the place where you can go see movies, but it's gonna be very hard to do movie theaters. So Yo, like I, I would go to a drive-in like tomorrow if they opened up again. That'd that's be. What that's what I'm saying. Like it would make the most sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I it would be lit. Give me that little speaker. Put in my car. 
Let me drive through, get some pop. Oh, brother, I would go to a drive-in theater tomorrow. I'm coming, I'm coming up with all these coronavirus ideas these people need to be picking up on. ESPN needs to come up with that Instagram thing <laughs> that I just said. And then, you know, someone and someone needs to pick up that idea, too. Like, come just on. bring back drive-in theaters, brother. I'm down. Gosh, that's a good idea. But that's all the shakeups and whatnot. Uh, on our notes, I think we start back up with Ant-Man 3, and it'd be on you. Yeah, so. man. All right. So, Ant Man Three is has enlisted Rick and Morty's Jeff Loveness to write its screenplay. Um, Loveness has worked with Rick and Morty as its writer and producer, and he's also worked on the anthology series Miracle Workers, along with you know stuff with Jimmy Kimmel, Oscars, Emmys. Uh, so he's good for a, com- uh, a comedic st- style superhero movie, um, and he's also written for Marvel Comics. He wrote a Groot comic. But, I mean, it doesn't really help for Ant-Man, but he is in the world. It's interesting because Daniel RPK, because I didn't think we were going to get this story in, but I, I didn't realize you had Ant-Man in here. It was rumored that, uh, at first, Ant-Man was going to be used to bring in the Fantastic Four, but now, doing because of his daughter and everything, it's looking like Ant-Man will be a catalyst to the Young Avengers, which Marvel is working on making a thing right now. They're not, they're not, they can't film anything, but they're still developing ID and green lighting stuff. And it looks like the Young Avengers is going to be one of their big things they're working towards. And Ant-Man 3 is going to be one of those ways to get us there. I guess that's a good point. So uh, Scott's daughter has a, well, what's her deal? She, becomes she yeah, she becomes the next the, Ant-Man. Or the, I think she becomes the Wasp. Okay. Or like a combination of the two. All right. Gets her own suit type deal. And so it would be like her introduction and maybe like some other side characters. Like some other. You some, would see some like Nova other, or something. Maybe not. I see. I'm thinking we see the the uh, the young Captain America, James Bradley. But that could be Is Falcon Winter Soldier. America? Yeah, because he, he leads the Young Avengers. It's a young boy. He's like All he's right. like he's like Cap Jr. He's a black dude. All right. Maybe him. We could maybe see because Wiccan and Speed are gonna be in uh in um WandaVision. So there their possibility we could see maybe uh Hulkling who oh, is and, w- then, and then we're getting Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop and Kate Bishop could possibly appear first in this. She could be friends with uh Ant Man's daughter. I could see that being a possibility. But Young Avengers is gonna start from this. So I'm excited for ant-man 3 shuby you were asking about rick and morty last week and adult swim has announced the second half of season four rick and morty will premiere may 3rd at 11 30 p.m eastern standard time they released this cool anime short film which was dope uh, rick was messing with a samurai sword it's like five ten minutes it was it was super dope but i'm excited rick and morty season four baby we're gonna get the second half very very soon yeah coming at a good time um, that would be right after we figure out the next wave of the whole deal. So we'll be we'll be either celebrating Rick and Morty or we'll you know continue on with some good content. And yeah. uh, so I'm excited that that's coming sooner rather than later. Um, um, we, but and I'm more excited about the next show that we have to talk about. Which uh, one? Snowpiercer. Yeah, man. I told Snow- you it didn't premiere yet. Yeah, we talked about it last week on the show when I saw the movie, and um, I saw the trailer on TV this week. Bong Joon-ho is still going to be a part of it, right? Yeah, he's producer. Yeah, so that's going to debut on May 17th, uh, Sunday. 
nine o'clock. I'm I'm gonna check it out with uh. It's on TNT, Diggs. right? Yeah, yeah, Day Diggs, I believe his name is, or Dan. Yeah, I know Diggs. you're talking about David. Yeah, David Diggs, and then uh, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly. So I'm excited for that. I'm gonna definitely watch that. See what's up. See see the difference between Day Diggs and what, what he does versus how Chris Evans did it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. It's a really interesting concept, so I think it's a perfect idea to move into the TV show stuff, just TV show side. Yeah, that's the question, is the the network. It's like, if this was on HBO, sign me up, but it's TNT. Let's see. I mean, I don't hate TNT's work, though, honestly. Yeah, they got Let me pull up some TNT shows. uh, They got Claws. They got, uh, what's that family I like the librarian. The librarians? Oh, uh, I don't even know if I've seen that. It was a procedural show. Okay. Um, they got The Alienist, I Am the Night, Animal Kingdom. I, I like Animal Kingdom. <laughs> it's basically Sons of Anarchy, but different uh, gang or different family of crime. Yeah, they have that show Good Behavior that people like. Yep, um, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, Good Behavior is pretty good with uh, Diego, with Juan Diego Bauta. He's going to be in Suicide Squad, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean TNT put some good stuff together, so I could see them doing a pretty good job. Well, they do have the best sports show on the planet with Inside the NBA, so maybe they can, they can <laughs> jump over to uh some live action and give us a good snow piercer. All right, next up, Shuby. I don't even know if this is like happening, but I watched the video where Jeff Lowe said it himself. But Tiger King's not over, apparently. Netflix is apparently releasing an extra episode of the hit docuseries. Uh, either next week or week after, according to Jeff Lowe himself. He revealed the details in a new cameo video he posted on Twitter uh, by Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he said they're adding another one. It'll be on next week. They're filming here tomorrow. Are we sure Jeff Lowe's telling the truth? Are we sure? Why, why would they be filming? <laughs> I don't know. Now. <laughs> During Corona, just for Jeff Lowe's yeah. ass. He's <laughs> like, probably Jeff- got the Corona. What's Jeff Lowe going to add? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, like, I guess, like, the next part of the story has to do with him because, like, the whole deal is, oh, Jeff Lowe's sketchy. He's probably going to go to jail, too, you know? Yeah, I guess. Or maybe he's trying to do cover-up. I don't know. If I'm Netflix, I'm not messing with Jeff Lowe's ass. Or, like, isn't there, like, a whole deal where they couldn't get that park up and running? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Who knows? But I did see an interesting conspiracy theory today that was saying that Jeff Lowe was Carol Baskin's first husband. And I, I saw the picture of the first husband next to Jeff Lowe. It looks very convincing. Yeah, like he disappears, goes off, goes off to the West Coast, and oh, then you Jeff know Carol Lowe. becomes like Carol, his little implant. And then they to, like, get fuck. Joe. Yeah, then they get Joe together. Jesus. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is true, but if it's true, I'm gonna be eyes glued. And it did come from Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, so. Maybe Jeff Lowe's telling the truth. I know a lot of these actors and athletes are getting crap because they've been hanging out with Joe Exotic and Doc and Hansel for all these years. Like, Shaq got it bad from Peter. Yeah, and uh, Britney Spears had some of his tigers or whatever. <laughs> like a video. And then it came Wild. out that freaking, uh, what's his name? Joe Exotic was saying the N-word. So, like, Why? Oh, oh, God. All the, all the backlash is coming out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Joe Exotic was like, well, why I can't say the N-word? <laughs> In one of his p- videos that he made before he ran for presidential election. 
course. <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh. Dude, he, it's but, been... know, he would be so happy right now. Like he is. He he's, he's, he's talked about it, except that he has the coronavirus. Oh wait, <laughs> he's talked about his. He's excited that everybody's met, la- la- loving him. Yeah, yeah. Because did you not see the interview with Dylan? He did an interview with Dylan. No, and Dylan did an interview last week, and he was like, "Yeah, this is like a way Joe's been feeling about everything in jail." Blah blah blah. Who? Like his husband. Oh, Dylan. Okay, okay, okay. The third one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. D- Dylan said he was digging it. Oh yeah. Good Except, for you. Know, you know the whole fact that he has a coronavirus and all that. <laughs> does he really have the coronavirus? That, that's what it's. That's what's been reported. And so does the tiger in the Bronx Zoo. I saw that. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at any of this, but I don't know if Joe Exotic got the. But I, th- but I just think that there's a connection. <laughs> just like I don't think Jeff Lowe and Netflix are putting out another episode. I don't think Joe Exotic got the corona, but if he does, prayers for him. But the final story is Criminal Minds creator Jeff Davis is developing a one hour animated drama project at Fox. The exact details of the potential series are being kept under wraps, but Davis will serve as writer and executive producer. Fox Entertainment will produce with Bento Box Entertainment. Fox is also signed in August that it's acquired Bento Box, the animation house uh, behind the hit series Bob's Burgers. So good for Fox. Good. I mean, well, this is all good for Disney. Well, so. what what is interesting to me here is if it's going to be with Bento Box, is it going to be in the Bob's Burgers style? Mm, you think it's going to be animated? It oh, is well, animated. Yeah, it is animated. I did, oh, Jesus. Did f- f- totally went over my head. But yeah, no. Oh, man, I would love to see it in the in the Bob's Burgers universe. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it could be w- with that animation style. I just don't know. And you don't know it just because he's the Criminal Minds creator doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to do a Criminal Minds style show. He, the only other show that I know he did, though, was Teen Wolf on MTV. Mm, I hope it's Criminal Minds. See? <laughs> I want it to be like Paradise PD, but a little more serious. And not with all the, uh, you know, raunchy yeah. jokes. Yeah, not with all the, the dick jokes and, like, craziness that is Paradise PD. But, like, let it be Bob's Burgers style with, like, sense of humor, but let it be cops solving crimes. I would watch that. I would, too. I think it'd be interesting. So we'll see what they end up doing with that. Hopefully it's something fire, but... No uh, box office, so Shuby, let's get to the movie on the rise. I got some suggestions for people this week. What you got? Uh, well, the one show that I watched this week that everyone I think people should check out is Unorthodox. It's on Netflix. It's about uh, a woman who was in the Hasidic Jew community in New York, and she kind of escapes that, moves to Berlin to kind of get away from all that, tries to be a musician, um, and is also being like pursued by her husband and his... like really aggressive cousin really it's pretty it's pretty pretty creepy it's like sounds wild i mean it's not it's not don't think of it as a thriller but like it definitely has that small element in it it's kind of cool and any in any way the other one i have is for something coming out on saturday it's the movie code eight with the mill brothers that's gonna be on netflix yeah oh i'm watching that this weekend hell yeah shout out saturday they're cousins, but shout out to Robbie and whatever. Steve. Yeah, shout out to uh, Arrow, baby. Got to support you, post uh, Oliver Queen. But this week I got the new Ed Helms Taraji P Henson comedy 
Coffee and Kareem. I watched it. I thought it was actually really hilarious. King Batch is in it. Uh, Betty Gilpin's in it. Uh, Ed Helms, Taraji P. Henson. Uh, a re- really good cast, and, and it's really funny. Gotta shout out my girlfriend for putting me on. I got a new anime alert for y'all because my hero just ended Tower of God. It's a Crunchyroll original. You can find it on VRV or Crunchyroll. Super, super dope. It's based off of a webtoon which is uh, an independent website where creators can go put up their stories, uh, their their manga or comics. And if it gets popular enough, these days it'll get turned into a series. And Tower of God's one of the first ones of that. So I really want to support these independent creators and let's see Tower of God be successful. As well as, for my Forge and Fire fans, new season up on Hulu. Oh, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. I gotta check that out. That I've, been watching, I've been watching those, you know, game show shows like that before i go to bed i've been watching a lot of guys grocery games and shocked so i need to get back into the forge and fire then you might need to start forge and fire knife or death with i think i've done a little bit of that one (laughs) yeah it's all right they just do like different knife stuff yeah (laughs) it's whatever it's just cool that's why i need to watch the 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 new season i want to get back to like you know big swords and and all that it's amazing i'm loving the new season but yeah, man, that's all I got this week. Tower God's really good, though, so I definitely think if you're an anime fan, you should check that out. And if you want to laugh, Coffee and Kareem is funny. So, Well, getting into our discussion, then, let's talk about an anime that just finished. Let's talk about uh, the season finale of My Hero Academia. I'm glad that they, because this, this, this arc has, like, maybe another episode left in it that we'll probably get as a beginner to season f- uh, five, but it wasn't needed in this, we got the main just of it. Endeavor fighting a Nomu, fighting a high-end Nomu, which is like the best of it's the best. This one was talking. It was super strong. I think Endeavor showed he's the new number one hero. He had an All Might S scene where it was his. It looked like his All Might United States of Smash when he was doing his. Uh, oh man, his uh, prominence burn. Oh, it was so badass. Yeah, it was a pretty great moment for for Endeavor. You kind of. Really saw, I think it was really interesting how they began with his family issues. And so you, you kind of really saw him come from full circle in this episode. Well, he's still, and the thing is, he's still, even in the anime where I'm at, he's still not over it. Like, because you got to think, he's an abuser. He abused yeah. his wife and his son. And, like, we can't redeem him this fast. It's too early. But we're seeing him go through the steps of trying to, somehow get forgiveness from his family and i think the mangaka is doing a great job of handling that story i think it's interesting because he even gets a scar like shoto in this ep- in this in this fight so it's like he's on his path of re- of redemption if he can even be redeemed but it's a good start for him for sure and he kind of uh cements him as his, in his position as number one hero and kind of gives him his first idea of what that really means but even um, he still needed Hawks' help. So it's like, yeah, he's the number one hero. But, like, in this hero age, it's like we can't just rely on one person. No, and I think that Hawks has really been, like, the breakout in these past couple episodes. Because, oh I, mean, I mean, he's an amazing hero. Like, You're gonna, he can do so much stuff. Season, next season with Hawks is going to be interesting. I'm interested to see how people enjoy his character progression. But like, what's interesting with for me is looking at the older heroes to, in parallel to like you know Izuku, Midoriya, and all those people. You know, Baku, uh, Bakugo, and um, 
Shoto and, you know, the ones that that mirror them in certain ways. Because, of course, you know, Midoriya is All Might. And I feel like, you know, Bakugo is uh, Endeavor. Kind of like their same demeanors, I would say. And uh, and I think that it's... I guess that from what I'm guess hearing from with the manga, that's what's going to progress as the driving force of the show. But so I guess we'll just wait and see with that. I mean, look, brother, they dropped a bomb on. I don't know if he stayed till after the credits of the episode. Oh yeah, I did with the um, <laughs> with I'm the not dream. Say, was it a dream? Oh shit! <laughs> I don't think that was a dream, man. That was like his like Avatar state vision. <laughs> Yo, talk about! I'm not gonna say nothing, but just know I, that was real. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> That's why I'm so upset at the movie. Did you watch the movie? No. Please don't. Not until after next season. All right. Because they spoil they spoil this moment in the movie. All right, well, I won't worry about it then. And, and people don't even know it's popping off, but that was crazy. We got a little vision of All for One looking at the first version of of uh, One for All. And then who are those other people standing with him? It's like Schubert said, Avatar State, maybe. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, that was what I thought of immediately. I was like, oh, dope. I'm finally <laughs> tapping into the Avatar State. <laughs> Shit's going to be nuts next season. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's it for my Hero Academia. Let's move on to Dave. And, two serious you know, episodes, two weeks in a row. Yeah, it was pretty serious. It was man, fell form in this one. The class clown episode. Yeah, man, it was a uh, it was an up and down. You really got to get into the inside of little Dicky and like how he thought that his biggest moment was actually a moment where people were making fun of him. And yeah. uh, man, him Straight coming to grips strang- with some of that stuff. He strangled little di- little di- little version of little Dicky. He, stra- yeah, he strangled what- Bert. That was a wild television moment. It was like he's killing his past self to get on to the future. I hope that doesn't make him a a mean guy going forward. I don't know. That's a good question. Like what does it completely change the the whole thing? But I think it's more of like a letting go of the past. Yeah. Like it seemed like he was still holding on like to the camp friends and stuff like that. Like I think it's more of letting go to the things like that that really weren't um what he thought they were i was happy for taco man stand up for your homie like bro when they came in and was asking like yo you got any stella i was like wait what you niggas asking for stella yo get the hell out of here bro look dicky was too nice with it i'd have been like yo get the fuck up out my dressing room matter of fact hey yo mike take all the tickets y'all leaving the venue go home Go home asking me for some Stella. Go buy your own damn Stella. No, and then on the way out, he asked again. Yeah. Don't ask me for no damn Stella. The audacity. The the gall. (laughs) The audacity of him. My goodness. Shame on them. And then uh, what else in this episode? Yeah, this episode. The parents were just being funny. Yeah, they they had good moments. I thought it was a funny episode when uh, Taco was like, wait, we can curse in here now? Nigga, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was hilarious. That was a good moment. Um, I'm yeah, trying to, you, you you all know those moments. I'm trying to think of any other moments where I was like, oh yeah, when Mike was uh talk or uh, the red hair homie was talking to the parents and he was like, oh yeah, uh, when they were asking about the concert, like Bob, Bob and Sharon Mill, yeah, Bob and Sharon Mill, <laughs> we're gonna go talk to Meek Mill's parents. <laughs> 
Yeah, is there a where is there a place where all the rapper parents congregate? Is this a mosh pit or more of a standing venue? Oh, that shit was hilarious, bro. But yeah, I don't it was, even it, think she said a mosh pit. She said a mash pit. Oh yeah, mash pit. <laughs> that was like the funny stuff of the episode. It wasn't really the little dicky stuff. The little dicky stuff was serious, man. Yeah, the little dicky stuff was pretty serious, and I mean the gator stuff was pretty serious too. I mean he always kind of holds a role, and you got to always think or think about his bipolar part. And we, I was thinking about that in the club. Which, like, oh, it wasn't necessarily yeah. a big part of it, but that was exactly what I was thinking of. He's like, bro, like I'm like fighting the hardest for you, and like you're not, you just yeah, you don't, you're not, yeah. Oof, yeah. And then, bro, when Lil Dicky peed himself, I was like, come on, bro. And then the next, even the next day, he still thought that was a baller move. I was like, Lil Dicky, bro, don't be in that camp ways. Like, fuck these dudes. Yeah, that was the moment where I kind of realized that it was flipping. Yeah, I wasn't with all that, but it was a solid episode. This might be, uh, this is probably the second weakest episode of the season. Yeah, I'd say so. But it was still driving. It was a it was a plot driving episode, but it was a little bit boring. Yeah, this was the yeah, this was probably the second weakest episode, but it's still good. This is hard because the last episode was just damn. Yeah, the last with it's hard to come off that gate episode and then give us this half assed little dicky sad story. And well, I was just upset that they didn't give us any concert stuff. Yeah, I wanted to see the Meek Mill stuff. Like I wanted to at least see him like good out on stage and like the part that they showed us where it was no words. Like I wanted to see that part. With words. Maybe they couldn't afford, you know, Meek Mill and all that shit in the budget. We gotta save our but rapper. It was, but Meek Mill wasn't in the shot. He wasn't. It wasn't a Meek Mill song. It, was, it would have been a little dicky song. That's true. No, you make good points. I'm not mad at that. I'm wondering where we go from here. Like, now that the Philly show's over, are we going back trying to get the song with YG? I don't know. I, th- I, I don't know where we go from here, but I'm definitely interested to see what happens. Uh, the one other request I have of the show is, you know, I thought a really fire moment of the show was in the first episode where we got to see little Dicky do what he d- does and rap. And we haven't really got to see a lot of that. And like that's what I'm saying with the whole concert thing is we're not seeing that. So, I mean, it's cool to get the Dave side of things, but we also need to get the little Dicky side of things, too. And I don't really feel like we're getting enough of that. Mm, I'm with you on that. We could get more little Dicky, more in the studio, more putting out music or more doing shows. It's not something. even that. It's just like. If he would just do like s- him rapping in some kind of different way, like that was a kind of a stand-up moment. Like he could do that in any sort of other way. It doesn't have to be like a Glee kind of thing, but it could be like him being like, a- "I'm rapping about a moment or whatever." But I mean, like maybe that's just not him. But like that's kind of like what I was thinking. Part of the show would be at parts, not not every episode either. But I mean, like some episodes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. Like I, I almost thought. I almost thought at the beginning of the episode where he was like talking about it, it was like his big moment when he went up on the thing. Is that was that flashback was going to be him doing like a fire verse as a kid? Yeah, I kind of thought something along those lines too. I didn't think he was just going to be pouring eggs on his head in front of his crush and then running away looking like a weirdo. Yeah, like I, I thought he was going to be like saying like clever rap stuff. Which yeah. I mean, like that's that's not the story. That's not the story, and I appreciate like what the story was. But I'm saying like that that's the kind of like little things in an episode that I'm expect that like I but would expect to have a ra- show about a rapper. If he if that was his thing though, he would have killed that part of him. He might not have been able to rap anymore. Oh no, I understand the story is the story, but I'm just wondering like if you could get like incorporated incorporated parts of the rap stuff. Is just what I'm saying. Yeah, you want to just. I have guess a- I don't want to infringe on the story, but I mean like. Just add some in there. 
Yeah, because I felt like that was a good element to the whole deal. I'm not mad at that. No, I'm not mad at that at all. Give us more raps, little dicky. Come on, Dave. But I'm excited to see what they do this Wednesday. Hopefully they knock it out the park again. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I think they're doing a good job. All right, let's get to the list. The top 10 Disney cartoons of all time. This list was hard. I included a lot of Toon Disney stuff. And uh, we did include Star Wars Rebels, but not Clone Wars. No Spider-Man stuff unless Schubert has, like, New Age Spider-Man stuff. But the 90s Spider-Man, Spider-Man Unlimited, the 90s X-Men, that was a Fox Kids show. So it won't be on this list. Only Toon Disney, Disney XD. Disney Channel are allowed yeah. to be on this list. Um, yeah, I, it was really hard because like I didn't really get a chance to watch a lot of the Toon Disney stuff like you did. So I do appreciate some of the the shows and how good they were, but I just don't necessarily remember a lot of them, and so it doesn't really hold true to me. So that's kind of where I'm going with this list. Is kind of the ones that I do remember, the ones that I got a chance to watch. And ones that I felt like really impacted or just had really great structure. Um, no, I'm, I'm down with that. And uh, you got some honorable mentions? Yeah, my first honorable mention is like the Spider-Man you mentioned. There's a new age Spider-Man that I watch on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's called Marvel Ultimate Spider-Man. And it's got Drake Bell as Spider-Man, the voice of Spider-Man. And I just get a kick out of it. I just think it's a really cute show. I, I like watching it when I'm trying to like you know do stuff around the house or work on something to waste time. It's a it it has Spider-Man in it, but it also has Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Nova. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Where they like yeah. they Shield. They work for Shield. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's pretty fun. That's a solid one. One of my one of my honorable mentions is Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. This show was such a damn good show, man. Like, I thought that out of all the Toy Story property, when you when you look at this show, it's basically Buzz Lightyear in great animation. We're looking at him in Star Command. He has his team. He has Mira, Princess Miranova on his team. He has Booster Sinclair, a huge dinosaur janitor-like person. Uh, he has XR. They have Captain Nebula in it. They got the LMGs. Oh, man, it's such a such a good show, and they just end up trying to take on evil Emperor Zerg. He's the main antagonist. They got Warp Dark Matter, who is Buzz's partner and friend, ends up being a double agent. Such a just, man, Warp Dark Matter. What a douchebag. But he was he was so cool, though, man. Like, he feel like, honestly, Schubert, he feels like Sinestro. Yeah, I mean, that show really was a solid spinoff of a movie property. And, I mean, that's something that we'll talk about a lot in this list. But, I mean, that really did a really uh, a good job of building a lore that really had nothing to do with the movies. No, not um, at all. But it was, it was super cool. Uh, it was definitely a good choice. Uh, the, the, I had two other honorable mentions that I'll just throw out real quick. One of them was um, Hercules. Yeah, that's an honorable mention for me as well. Oh, dope. Okay, because, like, Hercules was a really solid adapted series um and another one is phineas and ferb ah i can't say anything about that that makes my that's on my list all right well we'll wait for that but yeah so all right word you want to start us off at number 10 yeah number 10 for me is lilo and stitch 
This Solid. Is. Didn't make the list, but it's a very good property. Looking for all the different uh, Stitch brothers and sisters. I, yeah, I thought it was just a really cool concept for a show, and it really made for something that could work long term. And the characters that they had worked, like uh, you know, Jamba and Pleakley, I think their names were. Like, yeah. They were really fun characters. Um, and just finding all of Stitch's different uh, project numbers, I guess, you know, other experiments was a really fun concept to play with. And it, you know, and they also spawned one of the best video game or the best, yeah, video games on the internet. So who didn't play the sandwich game? Yes, the sandwich game was amazing. Oh, man, I love that damn game. Nah, man, Lilo and Stitch the series, you saying it's better than the movie. I was yeah, I agree. It, yeah, it was. It is better than the movie. I think so for sure. It, it, the movie definitely builds the world, but the series drives home the characters and more of what their life is now. Trying to track and, down all these experiments. And I like the just the idea of seeing the different experiments per episode. Like I, I like that vibe more than the movie. Like I know the movie's all about Stitch and Lilo's relationship, but like. It felt better seeing them established as a team looking for Stitch's brothers and sisters. Yeah, I mean, it felt more uh, comfortable, and you got to see it on a week-to-week basis. I mean, it was just a, a really fun show, and I thought it deserved to make the list. No, man, that's a solid, solid up. I ain't mad at it. So for me, for number 10, I'm taking it to, high, to middle school. I'm taking it to Hazelnut Middle School. You may not know the school name, but I'm taking it to... Pepper Ann Pearson, she was the main anta- the main protagonist of the show. I'm talking about Pepper Ann. She hung out with Nikki, uh, Nikki and Nice Little and Milo, Milo, and then Linda Pearson was her overprotective mother, and then you had Mar- Margaret uh, Rose as her sister. Such just a good show about Pepper Ann, her girlfriend, and her homie friend Milo, and just the adventures they had. Very Doug-esque, very... Uh, recess s. It's just the story, and it's it's a story of just the a uh, quirky animation style of this girl, what they do on the weekends, just her life in middle school years, and it's just something you could relate to. It, it felt like a more relatable show in this sense than some of these other middle school, high school, teenage shows. And I just really liked the animation style, and I really liked how lighthearted this show was. Yeah, I guess uh, it was kind of like I was told by Ginger, kind of, but. That one was a little bit more serious. Yeah, this one was a little more lighthearted than As Told. Yeah, one hundred percent. And they just had like cool moments in it. I, I just, I was, a, I was a Pepper Ann fan, and I dug it. And I liked the fact that it had a female protagonist, and and you didn't have to give her a love interest. It was just about her and her homies chilling. Yeah, it sounds like something that would have been live action that they made animated. Yeah, I could believe it. Yeah, so. Shout out to Pepper Ann. That's my number 10. What you got at number 9? Number 9, I have actually one of the Toon Disney shows, Tailspin. Ah, okay. I didn't make Tailspin, didn't make it my list, but I thought about it. That's a great damn show. Yeah, Tailspin was the only one I really remember besides another one on my list. And um, it was what it had Baloo in it, right? Yeah, Baloo. Was it Baloo? Okay, see, was that Baloo? I don't, I don't know no, if that, that wasn't him. But it looked but damn like, like it. But, but it was the voice, and That's they made it seem like it. it was Baloo. And uh, yeah, because it was like a different bear. 
But it was the oh no it, no actually the character is named Baloo yeah Blue is the it? bear from Jungle Book is cast as a Pacific Island pilot push pilot yeah okay so yeah it was Baloo oh, okay damn I didn't know it was Baloo yeah that's what I remember from it it was crazy that he was you know flying planes now with other people <laughs> with other little animals <laughs> he went from the Jungle Book and he was flying planes now, now he's flying planes. What the hell, man? <laughs> How did they just take Baloo from the, his show and put him in this? I don't know, but it worked. It did. <laughs> I'm mad at it. It That's was a solid crazy. show. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see. I'm looking what? up. It, that's his name, man. And it, they're saying yeah. it's from the. How the hell? <laughs> Whatever, man. Tailspin. Solid show. I'm mad at it. What's your number nine? My number nine, we're taking it to the weekend. We're going to the mall. We're going to the arcade. We only show the show from Thursday to or from Friday to Sunday. I'm talking about the weekenders with this kid named Tino with his friend Lore with the tomboyish Carver. And then all of and then all of a sudden, uh oh yeah, with Carver and then uh Tish. So that was my that was my squad. Carver, Tish, Lore, and uh Tito. That was the gang. I'm talking about the Weekenders. And it only went for uh it had four seasons, uh 39 episodes. Not 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 long of show, but what it accomplished of just getting you ready for the weekend. If it was 16 or the or what's that Cartoon Network show? I think it's 16 within the mall. It was that show before that show. It 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 and again lighthearted. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like yeah, sixteen. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't remember what exactly that was called. But I know what you're talking about. Where they were in the mall. Yeah, it, it, yeah. This, this was that show before that show. Lighthearted. It's not if this show took more deeper, uh, I guess deeper turns or darker turns or took itself a little more seriously. It could have been higher in the list. But for what it was, just you looking forward to the weekends with your friends every weekend and your adventures you're going to get into. Sometimes you might get grounded. How do you deal with being grounded? How do you deal with all your friends being out and you having FOMO? This show was just that, man. Every time I got off from school and it was the weekend, it's like, yo, we're going to watch the weekenders. What we're getting into this weekend. And it was just a good slice of life comedy for kids. And it was just, it was, it was dope from... 412, it was it was that seventh grade, that that time in middle school when you watch this this show and it was just like, yeah, man, I could be like these kids. I'm going to the mall by myself. I don't need my mom. Let me hang out with my homies. <laughs> yeah, this show was very underrated for where it was placed. Like, I guess it, it the placement was bad for this show. It was on channels that people never really got to watch or it was at times where people never really got to see. Yep. It was a really great show. Wayne Brakes did the opening that, theme. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was really into that show because I was gonna have to say punt, but not it's very short one to eight because that's what I have it at. All right, not bad, not bad. I couldn't put it higher than nine, I couldn't. <laughs> it was just the show is great, but I, like you said, hard, hard to always watch this show. Yeah, not a lot of opportunities. So, I, like, I don't even think I've ever seen all the episodes of the show. No, I don't think I have either. No, but I watched so. it when it was on Toon Disney from 2002 to 2004. I was in there. So what's your number eight? My number eight. This is going to be a punt for you. I already know. So we could just wait to talk about it. But Star Wars Rebels. All right. Yeah. So I'm punting. But yeah, we'll talk about it. Talk about it later. Okay. So your number uh, eight. Number seven for me is The Proud Family. 
Ooh, what? Seven? Oh, that's a major punt. That's a huge punt. I mean, I I had them on the list. I just there's there's different reasons that I like different shows moving forward. But the Proud Family definitely makes it on the list for me. And I mean, it's just you know you you know it when we get to you talking about it later. I mean, it's just uh, iconic. Yeah, great show, man. Great show. I pun it later down the line, man. It makes my list. But at number uh, seven for me, I got the kids. Where uh, I my early shows besides Recess, it's always taking like these middle school, high school adventures and putting us in context. We had one where it was like our day to day lives, but with our family, not at school. We had one where it was just in the weekend. Now we have one that takes place during school, but only during one period of the day. I'm talking Recess, and it just had your typical gang with uh TJ. Uh, Vince, oh man, I wish I could remember everybody's name. I just remember TJ and Vince. Uh, TJ, Vince, I believe, one, I want to say one was named Gretchen, was Sp- Mikey, Gus. Yeah, Gretchen, Mikey, Gus. Uh, and then, uh, Spinelli. Yeah. So, super, super dope gang. I remember they had the, the cool girls group. Of the, they, they were like the Rebecca. The Ashleys. The Ashleys, yes! Yeah, got, yeah, it's a big pun for me. Oh, jeez. Alright, we'll talk about it later then. But yeah, no, Recess coming in at number seven. I really love this show. Just like the dynamic of everything. Seeing the the fifth graders, the sixth graders, having to climb up that mountain to be the king of the thing. Love seeing TJ, Vince, Mikey, uh, Spinelli, and Gretchen and Gus's adventures. Really dope show. And I got it at number seven. What you got at number six, Shuby? At number six, I have, um, w- along with now when I'm thinking... Your honorable mention, Buzz Lightyear, a show that I thought that really spun off a movie and really hit the ground running and made itself great as a show itself to build a character base that even showed in the movie that came later on. I'm talking Timon and Pumbaa and the Lion King. I think this Ah. show built the characters to where they were in this new Lion King movie where they made such a prominent role. They're the stars. This show was what created that and i feel like that's why i deserve to be in the middle of the list i'm mad at it i didn't make my list but i like that show a lot i ain't hating on timon and pumba good times watching that show sometimes you got some symbol uh shout outs too for sure yeah definitely a little symbol of in there i mean it was uh it, it was just a really good show and i think that i just have the best memories of it from that Toon Disney channel. I am mad at it. That's how, yeah. like, I wanted to put Hercules on this list. It couldn't make it. And then, like, the Aladdin show. I the really Aladdin was it. close, too. Yeah, man. I it just couldn't make it. But I'm going Toon Disney for number six. I'm going to, the, to a show that took place in what seems like New York City. It was when Batman the Animated Series was going on. It was this melodramatic uh noir driven story well we take one that takes place in scotland and then you reawaken in modern day new york city and it's very noir and gothic driven but from more of the highlander more of the fantasy aspect i'm talking gargoyles 
I'm talking gargoyles. The 1,000 years ago, a superstition and sword ruled the world. It was the time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of gargoyles. Stone by day, warriors by night. We were betrayed by the humans that we had sworn to protect, frozen in the stone by a magic spell for thousands of years. Now in Manhattan, the spell is broken, and we live again. We are the defenders of the night. We are gargoyles. This show was just so great. Having uh, some one of the best uh, voice actors and Keith David vo- versing, uh, voicing Goliath. I really love just the cast of characters that was involved. It just it, it was a it was such a feel good show. And uh, honestly, the people who made the show, uh, Greg Wiseman, they ended up making one of me and Schubert's favorite shows, uh, Young Justice. Oh, really? Yeah, the creators of this show made Young Justice. And they're trying to get it back. The same way that they got back Young Justice, they were like, if you stream this on Toon Disney, you can maybe get it back. And honestly, I hope we do because it it would work really well in this in this uh, time period. You got Goliath, you got the Hudson, the old man, you got Brooklyn, who was uh no Brooklyn was the uh Brooklyn was the uh I believe no Brooklyn was not the old man. The old man was Hudson. I'm tripping. Brooklyn was like his uh his homie. Then you had Lexington, you had Broadway, you had Bronx. Bronx was the the dog like gargoyle who always wanted. He was super super dope. You had Angela, you had Food Dog, you had Katana, you had Nashville. Oh man, such a such a dope dope story. And I need to go through and rewatch all of of uh, gargoyles front to back because there's such an intricate like st- story involved from just dealing with the the cast of the old to dealing with the new people in New York like uh Elisa Maza who's the the NYPD detective who's the friend of the gargoyles then you got uh Macbeth the king of Scotland in there you got Duncan nah man it was this show is awesome you got Tony Dracone oh no yeah, I this- need to I need to go back and watch it now that you mention it about who makes it it did give me serious like DC cartoon vibes Yes, this and was so like it totally makes sense to me now. This was the Disney version of like we're gonna compete with Batman the animated series, so we got gargoyles and in such a just a dope cast from like I said, Keith Davis, you got John Reese Davies, you got freaking Jonathan Franks, you got just some legends, Ed Asner, like just legends in voice acting doing on this show. And it was just a really, really good experience. And you can't have a top 10 Disney cartoons list without the Gargoyles. So that's my number six. All right. Well, Gargoyles is really solid. I need to go back and watch some of it again. Because again, I don't, we talked about this before. I just, I just can't recall a single episode. Like I couldn't name any of those names or anything. Um, but my number five is, and I think it might be a pun for you, is Kim Possible. Oh my god, yo, what are we, what are we doing here? Like you got Proud Family at seven, Kim Possible at six. What do we did? Yes, this is a punt. My goodness, <laughs> yes, yeah, super punt. All right, well, go ahead with number five then. <laughs> my number five. All I got to do is sing the theme song, and you guys will know what it is. Darkwing Duck, Darkwing Duck, who's that coming on the wind to see him? Darkwing Duck, nah, bro, this was my shit. Drake Mallard, aka Darkwing Duck, 
with his sidekick Launchpad McQuack and his daughter Goslin Mallard. They would take on different uh different villains like Megavolt, like Quackerjack, or the Liquidator, Steelbeak. Oh, it was so great, brother. It was this was the cartoon version. Like if if Gargoyles was what like was what Batman the animated series felt like. This was the Disney version of Batman the Animated Series. You got his crazy, uh, his rogues gallery, the Negaduck. You got all of just these different duck-like and animal-like rogues, and they all fought Drake Mallard and Darkwing Duck. It was just amazing, this show. I love the world building and everything, and I'm glad it's on Toon Disney, so for people to experience it. Also, it had like a little spinoff in the new DuckTales, which I think is great, because I think out of all these shows that we're mentioning, this one in 2020 would hit on Disney Plus for like a new age show, because we're in the era of superheroes, and just the 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 theme song? Oh, to the... To the uh, to just the episodes and the premise of everything, it was just basically your uh, your uh, what's what's the word um, that Law and Order, your procedural show with new different villains. Sometimes we'd have arcs, like sometimes we wouldn't. It just depends. Like one one well, arc it was we a superhero had, with, show. yeah. So we, they had one arc where he was trying to stop the um. Uh, the fi- the group of fowl, which is just like these different birds who made up this this uh terrorist organization called fowl, and he would stop them. That was one arc. He had other arcs, but it was just this procedural superhero show that I just thought was absolutely amazing. If gargoyles felt like what Batman the animated series was, this was the der- like the mirror of Batman, but for for uh, Disney. Yeah, I definitely want to go back and watch Darkwing Duck. As well, I remember. I remember Darkwing Duck. I just can't picture any episodes or the Rogues Gallery or anything like that. And I hate that because I know that there's such good cartoons, but I just, I just need to go back. And luckily, they're on Disney Plus. So Use your Disney and Plus. Gargoyles. Yeah, brother. Darkwing, um, Launchpad, Goslin, and Honker. That was the squad. I feel that, and Kim Possible kind of filled that role for me in the Disney realm with the Rogues Gallery and the superhero vibe. Even though it's more of like a James Bond deal, I'm but so good to see what you have four through one. If you have Kim Possible and Proud Family under five, like what? Um, what are we doing here, brother? Well, I guess the shakeup from for for this would be my number four because it's Gravity Falls, and I don't think you really. Appreciate that show. Uh, no, I don't have that. But people say that's a great show. Yeah, I mean, that show is pretty spectacular. I never did I expect to be a 23-year-old in my house one day, turned on the show, watched it a couple episodes, and then one night ended up getting hooked and watching it all night. It it was a cliff it was a crazy cliffhanger kid show and really goofy. Like sometimes you kind of have to roll your eyes, but I mean like it was it would get super serious and like the story was super compelling and it was a big mystery with magic and uh you know mystical creatures and stuff like that but uh it was a really great show and I, you know it's definitely it's on the stat picks for hulu i mean you can, it's always projected up on hulu so if you're someone and you're like i'm above watching a a, a cartoon from the new age of Disney, I would check this one out. I mean, it's I seriously check good. Because you got it at number four. You got that above Kim Possible and Proud Family. So I'm going to have to give this. I might watch that after we get out of here. Because I'm going to watch one of these shows when I leave. I'm, I, gotta, I mean, I, it, 
it's it's difficult because like it is like you know goofy kid stuff, but the but it is a seriously I heard it's like Disney's answer to Adventure Time. Pretty much, yeah. It was pretty much Disney's answer to Adventure Time. Word. Well, I'm not mad at it being on your list because I like I've heard great things about that show. So that's your number four for me. At number four, I did go a New Age show and. I got I had the privilege of having a little brother. So seeing his love for this show and watching as much as he made me watch this, I actually ended up liking this show a lot. And out of the shows that he would make me watch, this is one that I was like, all right, I'm cool with this. It's about these two kids on their summer vacation, seeing if they can do as much stuff as they can. I'm talking about Phineas and Ferb. I really, really liked this show, man. Just seeing Phineas and Ferb with their gang in Danville trying to figure out what they're going to do during their summer vacation without getting their sister Candace to tell on them and busting them for their schemes and ideas. It was just super, super dope. And then you have Perry the Platypus that's a secret agent for the government organization. Pop culture icon. OWCA, Organizations Without a Cool Acronym, fighting Heinz Doofenshmirtz. Oh, (laughs) man. That shit was was awesome. The fact that they had that go on throughout the whole show and they would never know uh, Perry was Perry the Platypus. They just always like, oh, Perry, look, you're back. And it's just like, shit was just awesome, man. And I, and I really appreciate my time with my little brother watching this show. It aired shit. This show had four seasons. It aired from August and movies 20, August 2007, and it ended in 2015. It had a special. It had a crossover, and it has a Disney Plus film coming in 2020, and it had a TV film in 2011. The popularity of Phineas and Ferb is there, and honestly, this is one of their shows that hit pop culture, like Schubert said. Like, this is one of the ones that ingrained itself like a SpongeBob, like a Fairly Odd Parents for Disney, and this is their best New Age show they've had, besides Gravity Falls. Yeah, I mean, it was their... This is their bread and butter. Staple. Yeah, this is the show they made. they made their money off of. For sure. I mean, it was it was a great one. I mean, I've you know going through some of it now makes me think that I need to like dump some of the uh, either Lilo or Tailspin and put it back in because like mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a phenomenal show. I took your list, but I'm just saying the character the character building it did was crazy with you know Doofenshmirtz. And, and his the daughter, daughter. Yeah. and Candace. And... daughter that like that like that had a crush on Ferb. Yeah. <laughs> Ferb and was then what was these man? Buford and Sanjay. Yeah, they're they're homies that hung out yeah. with. Yeah. And well, then the... no, that was a he was a bully and like that was the kid they picked on, but they hung out with each other. It was weird. Yeah, that was gang and then the fact that they were a blended family with Ferb's dad being from London and then them getting with Phineas's mom and then Candace and or Candace trying to get with her boyfriend who was played by uh that homie from uh Hannah Montana uh, <laughs> Hannah Montana Musso? uh yeah Russo Mitchell Musso no way yeah Mitchell Musso that was the that was the uh that was the that was Jeremy I did not realize that yeah brother and Candace was Ashley Tisdale that's funny. Well, I didn't know that. So, Disney Legends on this show. Just a great show, man. About two kids and what they can get done in their summer vacation. Yeah, always some outlandish stuff. But that's with, my- their, with their secret agent platypus. 
bags. So what you got um, in number three? Number three, I have Fillmore. Oh, the one we agree on. Yes. I have it at number three as well. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this show is great, man. This show is amazing. Yeah. Fillmore is an unbelievable show. Fillmore like, is like a, is like a, I don't know, Law and Order kind yes. of. It's a procedural. Know, for kids. It's a proce- procedural drama about. Um, what is, what do they call those hall monitors? Hall monitors, like, yeah, they're hall monitors. Literally, their job is to catch all the delinquents going on in the school, and they're hall monitors. Fillmore was a juvenile delinquent, and they were like, "Oh, well, we're gonna turn you into a hall monitor." And since it's basically he was a bad guy, he knows how bad guys are. Now he's a good guy. Can he be a cop? Like it's literally a cop show, but with these kid disguises on. The fact that they have Tara Strong voicing in this, Danny Tamborelli, Kyle Sullivan, and of course the crazy and misguided now Orlando Brown is Fillmore. Yeah. Cornelius Fillmore. Crazy how Orlando Brown voiced all these these goats and he's just doing bad off now. Dude, the the thing about that show that was so crazy is that it it had its procedural stuff, but it also had this backstory too and like there was like is Fillmore going back to being bad? Yeah, so that girl, like his 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 ex lover, was trying to get him to be back bad, and he was like, "Nah, baby, I'm turning you in." And I was like, "Ah!" And then like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the episode where he like goes back to his old school or whatever, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like I I I can't go back to like the past or whatever." I don't know, dude. It was crazy. Like it only lasted two seasons, but I could go back and rewatch those things over and over again. It was so good. And this show needs to be, needs to, needs to, needs to be on Disney+. Plus. It's a crime that it's not on there now. But, I mean, like, how do you revive it? You just, I don't know. I mean, are, is, are you bringing Orlando back? No, you cannot. You just bring That's back old episodes. You just, or you find a new Fillmore. Find a new guy to be Orlando, because, like, this show needs to be on air. This show's great. Yeah, there needs to be a kid cop show cartoon. It's just interesting. And the way they just did it with the hall, mo- hall monitor idea, it just worked. And the fact it took place in Minneapolis, M- Minnesota. Not many shows. Did really? Take- I didn't remember that. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And it was just like one of these hardball police dramas about the safety patrol at X Middle School. They had, yeah, like, man. They had stolen scooters, smuggling tartar sauce, uh, illegal frog races. It was just ki- kid shit, but with cop stuff. And I think this is the show that made me obsessed with Cop TV shows, crime shows, like, without Fillmore, I don't know if I love cop and crime TV shows as much because this is the one that did it for me. Yeah, I always just like a good mystery, and Fillmore gave that to you. Yeah, no, 100%. Now, uh, now since we agreed on this, what do you have it? All right, so Star Wars Rebels has to be one of these. But what's the number? All right, what you got at number two? Star Wars Rebels. Okay, solid, solid. All right, let's talk about it. Great show, man. Got me yeah. back in Star Wars. No, I mean, I think Star Wars Rebels, as in its completion, and could be better than Clone Wars, if depending on how it ends. I'm mad at that, and as of now, I like it better than Clone Wars. Yeah, I mean, I think the story that it told was really compelling, uh, really added to the Star Wars lore, was a lot in a lot of cases more interesting than the movies that they put out in the New Age. Um, and uh, I'm really excited to see the continuation of those characters in the future, in the hopefully. 
Yeah. Um, but it just told a really great story for Star Wars, and I think everyone needs to, if, if you're a Star Wars fan, needs to watch it. It's very difficult in the beginning. There are some filler episodes that are pretty lame. Um, it is a kid show. <laughs> but by the uh, time you get to season two, it's like, all right, we're in here. It's Clone Wars now. It's like, you got to sure. get the beginning of Ezra, but when you get to Ezra and Kanan's story, then you get to meeting, you see Obi-Wan, Darth Maul, Darth Vader, uh, General Thrawn, the, the Emperor, Ahsoka. It gets really Star Wars heavy really fast if you, get, uh, if you get through Obi-Wan. that bullshit in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, we get the Obi-Wan Maul fight. We get the Ahsoka versus Darth Vader fight. We get... Which is crucial. You get you learn about the world between worlds. Crucial. Yeah. We get the the, the, Marti, the uh, Mortis stuff. We get Thrawn. We get uh, Kanan Jarrus fighting a bunch of different people. Like... This show was just great, man. And the stories it told, we got the dark saber without like, we got told we Mandal- a lot about Mandalorians. Stuff. Yeah. Like this show was very crucial to star Wars lore. Yeah. I mean, it really kind of created Dave Filoni's career. I believe that, you know, he started in clone wars, but then the success of what rebels became kind of evolved to him being a part of the Mandalorian being as, as involved in star Wars as he is. Cause it was just a home run. No, I'm with you. This the show is great. And the only reason why I have it at eight, it should be higher on my list. I admit when I'm wrong, I should have it higher, but it's just like, I didn't know what to put above it, but it's, it's such a great show. Like it being on my list at eight is just my love for the other shows over it. But this show is a great show story front to back and you get an ending, you get a compelling ending and we get to see these characters move on in other forms in, in other stories now. And you get to grow to love them. And when we see them again, my, hopefully my love that they, that I've gained for them through this show is still there. Yeah. I mean, I just think that, their connection to the actual lore of the Star Wars community just makes it uh, super important of a show that Disney put out. And it's kind of low-key that they shuffled it onto Disney XD, which was like a paid cable channel. But if you got to see it, it was great. No, it was was awesome. So, all right, um, my number two, which I'm shocked was like so low on your list, like, my goodness. Hit me, beat me, if you want to reach me. It's Kim Possible, bro. The story of Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable. The love story of ages. And the naked mole rat Rufus, the friend Wade, and them taking on different missions. Whether it was Draken, Shigo, uh, Monkey Fist. I'm looking up all the different uh, homies. Monkey Fist. Uh, the whatever. golfer uh, guy. Oh, yeah, the Scottish Duff Gilligan. Yes! Senor, Senior, Senior, and Senor, Junior, Junior, uh, Professor Dementor. Like, they had some great villains. This show was amazing. I always wanted to see Ron Stoppable get with Kim. It was always him and (laughs) not getting together. Then you had Monique, and then you had Bonnie Rockweiler, the other uh, cheerleader friend. It was just awesome, (laughs) brother. The show was amazing. It was a spy, like, totally spies thought they had it. Nah, it was Kim Possible, baby. And Totally Spies was pretty good, but it ain't have shit on Totally Kim Spies was nowhere near Kim Possible. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Totally Spies couldn't do shit with Kim Possible. Kim Possible was kicking butt. She had one of the best wardrobes out here with that black shirt, them gloves, and them little and them cargo pants. Ron Stoppable with his cargo pants, black shirt. But you know what we say about voice, cargo pants? Voiced by Will Friedle. 
who is also Batman Beyond and many others. Uh, Ren Stevens. Ren Stevens is is uh Kim Possible. You see freaking Taj Maori is from Smart Guy playing Wade. I mean, this show just had heavy hitters, man. Uh, freaking That's So Raven was uh Monique. Tara Strong was in this. Uh, who else worked on this, man? Nancy Cartwright. Uh, Patrick Warburton, who was Draken. You had freaking uh Patton Oswalt on this show. Nah, man, this show was great, brother. This show was all in the Kim Possible movie. When you go in time and you see Jim and Tim, it's like Buff Brothers. It's just badass, bro. Like this show is amazing. You're hating, Shubes. You're hating. Having I mean, six. I'm not hating. It was just um, I thought that the stuff a I put in time. were better. A stitch in time, brother. And then you, I know you always wanted to eat at the burrito place and get them nachos and burritos. I always wanted to. I mean, I thought it was a, it was a really good show. That's why I was in the top five. Iconic show, brother. Iconic. Kim Possible. Shout out. Then they had the Lilo Stitch Kim Possible crossover. Yeah. Iconic. You crazy. What I think is really funny here is our you know our ones and sevens flipped. Wait, what was your which? Oh, your number one's Recess. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad at that number one. Recess could be high on my list. But, like, number one for me has to be Proud Family. And I think that's just, you know, with the way we watched them. Yeah, yeah the Proud Family was great, man. Uh, Freaking uh, Penny Proud, Dejanae Jones, BB and Cece, Puff the Dog, Sugar Mama, Trudy, Oscar, Zoe Hauser, the, the, the white girl of the group, La Siena <laughs> Boulevardes. <laughs> was the friend? La Siena Boulevardes. And then Sticky Web, another Orlando Brown uh, character. Then you had the Gross Sisters. <laughs> them bitches was, was ashy. <laughs> like, them bitches was blue. <laughs> hands, up, hands up, cash out. Nah, bro, this show was great. I love uh, uh, the property. Uh, uh, Wizard Kelly. Yes! And we never got to see Wizard Kelly's face. Never. Oh, oh Magic Johnson ass. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's exactly who that was. But, and yeah, Loki. Our family is low-key Beyonce and Jay-Z. If you look at Blue Ivy and the Twins. Pretty much. So, I, nah, Proud Family's great, man. It just, this show hit me at the right time, seeing African-Americans on TV, seeing just a, an eclectic friend group, and just the stories they told. Like, when they did the Napster episode where she was, when she was stealing music, and it was like The Matrix? Oh, that was my shit, because I was stealing music at the time. Shit, that shit was fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, let me jack in. <laughs> Steal my music. <laughs> I I just remember like laughing at Oscar all the time, man. Like him, his peanuts <laughs> in his different experiments. <laughs> uh, there was like the episode he went to like the, the chip convention or something. And he was snack. like the snack convention. He's like, oh my gosh, it's Cherry Cheeto, Danny G Danny Dorito, Cherry Cheeto, Freddie Frito. And I was, I remember cracking up at that, at that junk, man. Like, I don't remember who, who voiced, who voiced Oscar. Tommy, Tommy Davidson, comedian, Tommy Davidson. Yeah, he was hilarious, man. They had a great cast, man, from Kyla Pratt, Tommy Davidson, Paula J. Parker, Tara Strong. Tara Strong doing a lot of this. Aries Spear, comedian, Carlos Mencia, Raquel Lee, Orlando Brown. Solid, solid cast, man. It was just a feel-good slice of life, and I'm glad they're bringing it back. But I wish when they brought it back... 
Penny would be on her way to college and we'd have the twins grown up. They're bringing it back and it's just putting Penny in millennial times, like just this new age stuff. No, Everybody's Yeah, I know. That's kind of lame. I wish we got to see them grow up instead of having everybody the same age. Maybe they'll uh, have them grow up in the season, I guess. Hopefully, maybe. We'll see how that goes. But I ain't mad at your number one recess. I love that damn show. Yeah, man. For a lot of the reasons you mentioned earlier, um, but it was just something that I remember watching all the time, and it was something that I watched all those additional movies for. I, I remember the Christmas one was one that I watched all the time, and they had a pretty solid movie that I think went to theaters. When they were stuck in the in school? Yeah. Was that the Christmas one? or No, that wasn't the Christmas one. That was the normal movie, but okay. I think that it went to theaters if I'm... I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was a really solid movie, but that show was just super iconic for me, and I will remember watching it every Saturday and then watching it, like, during the week when I got home from school. I mean, it was... It was... Uh, it, it, it told so many really cool stories, like you mentioned, all the different people involved, like the King and the Ashleys and Randall, who was snitch oh, on everybody. The snitch. The snitch. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the different grades and their different dynamics. And it kind of reminds you of, like, going to school normally, you know? Yeah, no, it really did. And then just T.J. Detweiler's schemes. He was Ed, Ed, and Eddie on just a different channel, just scheming, doing different hood rat shit. Vince being the star athlete, Spinelli being a bully, uh, Gus being the new kid. It It was just good dynamics. But I must say... The Proud Family best theme song of the uh of the bunch with uh Facts. the Sala- with Solange Knowles and Destiny Childs and Tri- T- uh, Tory Lanez remixed it and made one of the best anthems of all time. Shout out to Tory Lanez. Sh- Six four. From from our list, you know, the Proud Family probably has the best one. I'd say Kim Possible has a pretty good one. Yeah, Phineas and Ferb has a low key good one. Darkwing Duck has a great one. Um. Oh, I guess that's it for real. Yeah, Fillmore's themes, whatever. The the one on my uh, list that I was coming up with before when I was trying to pick things to put on the list. Do you ever watch the show uh, American Dragon, Jake Long? Yes, brother. American. Oh, I should have said his honorable mention. And honestly, American Dragon, Jake Long could have made it on my list over Pepper Ann. That show was great. It was a really good show. I wish they wouldn't have changed up his animation and kept him as the buff dragon instead of making him that skinny dragon. Yeah, weird. And they switched it up. Like, the animation style for the beginning was awesome. Yeah, so that was a pretty low-key show that I definitely thought we should mention. But they ended it too soon, man. I think it, the age just changed. Yeah. Like and in the middle of it. Like, they just they, they kept they kept trying to string us along, and we just grew up. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's but when I was that's, but that's it for the list, man. I thought it was right. a pretty good one. Give that your was a good uh, little a series. Little. Yeah, give, give your top ten again of Disney shows. Uh, Lilo and Stitch, Tailspin, Weekenders, Proud Family, Timon and Pumbaa, Kim Possible, Gravity Falls, Fillmore, Star Wars, Rebels, and Recess. 
At number 10 for me, I got Pepper Ann. At number 9, I got The Weekenders. At number 8, I got Star Wars Rebels. At number 7, I have Recess. At number 6, I have Gargoyles. At number 5, I have Darkwing Duck. At number 4, I have Phineas and Ferb. At number 3, I have Fillmore. At number 2, I have Kim Possible. And at number 1, I have The Proud Family. All right, Schubert, let's end our show with our game. It's a little game that we're going to try to play each, uh, each show where... One of us will give an actor, and you have to get, and you have to say if you think he can replace another person in their movie. So the actor you have chosen this week is Ben Stiller. I'm gonna ask you a list of movies if you think he can replace this person. So first off, I have Ben Stiller. Do you think he's able to replace? Um, oh my gosh, what's this guy's name? Jesus, I have the I have the role and everything. I just need to think of his name. Um, did it, Steve Carell as Michael Scott in The Office? No. Ooh, you don't think so? No. You don't think Ben Stiller got that? Oh. Actually. As Michael Scott in The Office, like, I'm talking didn't Michael. He, didn't he go for that? Uh, I don't know. Not that, I don't know. But maybe. I think he could probably do it. It'd be... I, You'd have to change the jokes up a little bit. Yeah, it'd be a little different. But But he could still kind of play the same general character. I think he could pull it off. But All right, so that's a maybe. That's a maybe. All right, next one I got is Ed Helms in The Hangover. No. Yeah, no, I don't think he could replace Ed Helms either. I think think that's too cool to play that role. Yeah, I think he might be too big for that role. Yeah. So, word, word. All right, the next one I have is, could he replace Paul Rudd as Ant-Man? That was the one that I was thinking. Yeah, I think he could. Yeah, I think he could as well, man. Oh, but Paul Rudd's so good. (laughs) No, Paul Rudd's so good in Ant-Man, but I'm just saying, like, if there was any MCU movie that he could do, it'd probably be Ant-Man. That one, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I got another one for you. Do you think he could replace Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems? Well, I haven't seen Uncut Gems. Uh, oh, but man. but uh, I, that, I don't know. Been still, a, I don't know if he could be as serious as that movie I hear needs. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be and, interesting to see him do. But I mean, I'm always. But didn't he do like the Secret Life of Walter Mitty or something like that? Yes, he did. Like he, a, had, he had his serious movie. So I mean, maybe. Ben Stiller has had, yeah, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. That's the one. Where you yeah, just that's like the most movie. recent one. Yeah, in 2013. Yeah, what's that dude been up to? <laughs> ben Stiller just chill. I mean, he did Tower Heist. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he's also does things behind the camera, so I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, Dodgeball 2's coming out. Oh, Dodgeball 2's coming out? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he's did, a producer on it. Did you, did you know he directed Tropic Thunder? Yes, I did. I did know that. Yeah, Actually. that's that's pretty. Not a lot of people know that, but that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that is. So, all right, I got some more for you. Do you think he can replace Jim Carrey in The Mask? Ooh, no. Yeah, I don't I think, think Jim so. Carrey is just too much, man. It's just hard. Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey, brother. It's pretty. Jim Carrey is like the real life version of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> That's a good one. I actually like that comparison. Do you think he could replace Adam Sandler in the y- longest yard? No. <laughs> He's too itty bitty. 
You get crushed. <laughs> I got a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Do you think he could replace Adam Sandler in Click? Yeah. Yeah, I think he could too. Mr. Deeds, I think he could. Sure. I think he could do Mr. Deeds. I think he could definitely do Mr. Deeds. Okay. He could have a black foot. Do you think he could replace Steve Carell in The 40-Year-Old Virgin? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, that's that's a no-go for me as well. Okay, okay, let's see if I got any more. I think I got a couple more. Do you think he could replace Kevin Hart in Central Intelligence? With The Rock. No. <laughs> I don't know how anyone can play a Kevin Hart role. <laughs> okay. Do you think in Harold and Kumar go to Los go to Guantanamo Bay? Do, I'm not saying Harold and I'm not saying Kumar. Do you remember Rob Codry's role as the as the dick uh person that worked for the FBI who was trying to put him in, in Guantanamo? Yeah, the racist guy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Ben Stiller could take that role? <laughs> yeah, I think he probably could. <laughs> I think he would be great in that. <laughs> oh, shit. We need uh, another Harold and Kumar. Bring them back on Netflix. Come on, Netflix. Do you think he could replace uh, either Seth Rogen or Bill Hader as the cops in Superbad? No. <laughs> Do you think he could replace Seth Rogen in Knocked Up? Maybe. I think he can probably do Knocked Up, but not super bad. Not super bad. Okay, okay. Um, I can't see him as a cop. Yeah, me neither. I guess I have, he did Starsky and Hutch though. I have a yeah, he did do Scar Starsky and Hutch, and he he did a damn good job at Starsky and Hutch. He did. All right, I got a, the final one. Is do you think he could replace Adam Sandler in Fifty First Dates? Mm, no. Yeah. All right. Adam cool. Sandler just has like this different kind of charisma to him in some yes. of those movies, where I just don't know if like Ben Stiller could come off with the Hawaiian charm. Like a movie like you got that you could compare that to as well as like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like could he be in Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I. Ooh, who would he be? He would be Jason uh, Siegel. Yeah, he'd be Jason Siegel. Oh man, I don't know if he could do but that. He, but also, could he do uh, the beach guy? Paul was that Paul Rudd? Oh, was that no, 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 no? Yeah, that was Paul- Chuck. Chuck was Paul Rudd. Yeah, like I could also see him doing like the Paul Rudd role. Interesting. Yeah, forgetting Sarah Marshall, such an underrated movie of our time in high school. That movie was great. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty crazy movie. And low key, it's an emotional roller coaster. They have a sequel with all this snow, but the funny thing is, Jonah Hill was the waiter in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and then he's like all the snow's agent in the next one. <laughs> yeah, get him to the Greek. Yeah, <laughs> that movie is also really funny. I'm smoking on the Jeffrey brother, <laughs> P Diddy, P, P Diddy, pet a furry the, wall. Yeah, petting that furry wall. Word. Well, this is just our little game. We'll play it next week. I'm gonna have a di- I'm gonna have an actor for Schubert. To round off some movies for me to see if that actor could replace him. Uh, we'll probably do an action actor next week. I'm probably going to give him one, a toughie, to see if he thinks, if he can give me a list of movies, seeing if they could replace. But that's all we got this week, Shuby. All right, man. Well, that was a f- pretty fun episode. 
definitely a lot of stuff to to unpack in the, such a long episode with our list and our game and check out to all, all the other lists that we did in the past couple of episodes uh Lennon, go ahead and let everyone know what's going on with the bros who think network yeah, man, if you like this list, be sure to check out our top 10 Nickelodeon cartoons. That was last week's episode, episode 82. Be sure to check out episode 81 for the top 10 Cartoon Network cartoon list. We'll have a new series come next week. We're going to be jumping to something new, so just be sure to catch up with our series, catch up on the other list, and be sure to uh, be ready to go for when we do the next episode. But also, check out the last episode of Anime Talk if you have not yet. We had a special, special interview with Mr. Richard Epcar voice of the Joker, voice of Commissioner Gordon, voice of Joseph Joestar from JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, voice of Jigen from Lupin the Third, voice of Batu from Ghost in the Shell. Really, really dope interview. As well as be sure to check out the most recent episode of the Bros Who Think podcast. New episode will be out on Thursday, but you can check out last week. Super, super dope. But other than that, you can find follow me at LinBWT, follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think for more updates on content that's coming soon. We got a lot of new stuff in the works for you guys. All right, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hsuper14. Make sure you check out all those past episodes. Look back for past reviews on movies if you're just getting around to them. I think next week I'll get Lynn in the watch Onward. We can review Onward as well. Um, And everyone go out and... Or not go out. Everyone stay home and watch all the content that's available right now. There's a lot of great stuff. A lot of the stuff that we've mentioned. And uh, try some of the older stuff. Check out something new. Maybe you'll find hidden gems. Um, But for Lyndon Burton, I'm Adam Schubert. Everyone out there, stay safe. Have a good week. And keep it.